Welcome to episode 113 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Don't forget, guys, we have so much in store this year, and I want to hear from you. Um, I am your host, Lenise Collier, and we have introduced the Black Note segment where people send in anonymous notes and information about themselves, just wanting to have like a detailed, uh, we want to give you like a detailed like tip and advice, and me and the guests for that day will, of course, share your note and kind of discuss and talk about the different things that you can do. Um, if I'm by myself, of course, I'll just give my advice on it. We have the IMBNF campaign. Please send in your videos talk about how it is to be black in fashion and what it means to you to be black in fashion. So I definitely want to hear from you guys. We have a BGDC Black Girls pop-up shop coming at the end of February, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And of course, if you would like to be a part of our Black Designer Directory online, feel free to shoot us over an email with the requirements, which is a name, a brand name, um, your brand name, your... Um, What's it called? Your logo, a little bit about your brand, all of that stuff all in one. And of course, don't forget to shop our Black Designer Closet Sale. Um, we have some amazing Black designers in there that you guys will love. So today's episode, um, we don't have a guest. You just have me today. I just want to share, you know, just some things um, that um, about the industry that I have noticed and a couple of different things to just keep in mind for people that are currently working in the fashion industry and just some things to think about if you are trying to get a job in the fashion industry and or just some advice for things that you should and should not have on your resume. So recently, and I'm a couple episodes back, uh, I know you guys, uh, I don't know if you listened to it or not, but I kind of discussed how, you know, our, my business, LC Apparel Consulting was, you know, we were, we were facing challenging times and trying times. And the reason why is because of like clients not paying their invoices, having all of these issues with like merchant accounts and all of these things. So my goal or not even my goal, my tactic to fix this was like, okay, um, I can't get any grants and loans right now. My business is still on the new side. Let me go get a job. Um, that's something I know I can do. I worked in the fashion industry for many years. I have a very extensive, long resume in product development as well as in production. I've worked for some amazing companies in the past, including like Calvin Klein and Carl Lagerfeld. I've worked with all different like mass uh, retailers like Macy's and Ross and all these different things. So me getting a job is nothing. But let me tell you a little bit about just some interview skills off rip that y'all should always have. Um, be confident in speaking about money and what you can do and what you can bring to the table. So I got an interview at a company for a um, production manager position and or it was a production coordinator. I'm not really sure. I can't remember because the day was all over the place with the damn titles anyway. But got a, got in for the interview, you know, kind of really swooped the lady, told her what I did, what I brought to the table, all this stuff. Now, I did not put on my resume that I owned a company or that I owned a few companies. I put on my resume that I worked at that company. And, of course, they asked me uh, about the company, and I literally answered the questions as if I was an employee of LC Apparel Consulting, which was, in my mind, I was fucking cracking up because it was just like, girl, you dead ass over here having a whole lot like you over here. <laughs> You over here freaking lying and but it sounded so good like why I was leaving and I literally was like oh yeah they're repositioning and then they're slowing down on business or whatever so I think it's okay if, if you're a business owner and you are 
seeking employment for any reason or anything like that, to have your business on your resume, but you need to make it seem like you're an employee of that business. You cannot tell them that you are the business owner. Reason being is that these companies feel like you are out to just get money and capital to build up your business, which which we are, <laughs> without doubt, but they don't need to know that. And then they also feel like there is a conflict of interest or whatnot if you have a fashion business in particular. And more than likely, if you're going for a job in the fashion industry, a lot of times you probably do have some type of side hustle where you're making clothes on the side and you have your own brand. That's fucking normal. However, it's not normal to these companies. They want you to be a fucking robot. And it's okay for the time being because we all have like financial obligations and stuff like that. But what I do want to make sure that you guys are doing is using your voice. So I'm at this interview and I'm speaking about my experiences and stuff like that. And if you're going to like spend most of your time at a job, meaning meaning 40 hours plus a week sometimes, especially if it's a salary based position, you're going to want to make sure that you're making the amount of money that is needed to at least have your financial stability so that you can succeed um, in paying your bills and, you know, fulfilling all of your financial obligations. So the offer was, I want to say 65. They told me they couldn't do they couldn't do more than 65. I said, unfortunately, that does not work for me. And I'm saying this in an interview, so we don't even have to get on email and you offer me a position because I'm not that desperate. And I don't think anyone should be desperate to get a job that they will accept anything. You always have to get what you are worth, and they're always gonna lowball you anyway. So you need to go ahead and up upsell yourself even a little bit more than what you would have went for, so that y'all can meet somewhere in the middle. So. And the way you even speak about these, and I'm going to give you guys a little bit of verbiage that works. If someone tells you, hey, this is what we can offer and that's it. Unfortunately, that amount does not meet my financial obligations. In order for me to show up here and show up for your business and give your business my all, I need to be financially secure. And if you can give me financial security, I can give you all of me. And that is a an answer that what employer can actually turn that down. I've used that freaking line so many times to get the money that I needed. It's so simple. Like, and it's really, it's on, and it's not a lie either. It's honest. If I can't pay my bills and I got to come here to work every day and still try to figure out after work or before work or on weekends, the uh, an additional amount of money to supplement my income so that I can pay my bills, I'm not going to be all there. I'm not going to be able to give this job my all if I got to keep thinking about what else I got to do in order for me to survive, you know? So that is a simple, very strategic answer that you can utilize that works well. Now, another thing is there still has to be some work-life balance. So you have to make sure you ask those questions too. Like ask them why are they, how long have they been working there? Why do they like working there? You know, you want me to work here. And I think a lot of times in an interview setting, people um, feel like they have to overly impress the person that's interviewing them. Whereas it should be an exchange. They need employees. You need employment. That's two people who need the same thing, you know? So it's, it's a partnership there. So just as many questions as they're asking you, you should be asking back. Like, you know, when they ask them, you know, how you get there and you've already sent your resume, and then they ask you, oh, tell me a little bit about your work experience. Mind you, the work experience is clearly right there on your resume. After I go ahead and do it, you know, kind of go in a little bit more into detail about everything that's on my resume, I then ask, well, what about my resume attracted you to even want to interview me? Because you have had to have looked at it in order for you to want to have interviewed me. So what particular things are on that resume that made you even want to give me an interview? 
That's a shocker right there. That question always throws their ass for a loophole, but it's accurate. So it's like, you did you read or did you not read about me? Like, did you actually look at my resume and look at my skill set? And it holds them accountable as well for making sure they are looking at your resume as well. And it's nice to know what they were attracted to. So that way you can capitalize on that as you guys continue the conversation. So they point out a specific thing on the resume that they liked. That's the part that you should talk about the most because that's what they saw in you that made them want to interview. So make sure whatever that thing is that you go above and beyond and explain it how good you are at that particular thing. Okay. Big piece of advice I can give there. Now, uh, just to tell you a little bit about this role, I kind of felt like maybe it was somewhat of an experiment at some at some point because I knew damn well it was no way I was going to be able to have a nine to five job and run my business. Like I have clients out the asshole and I have new clients and I have employees myself. So I really was, you know, trying to stick my neck out because I felt like I, I was desperate at the time to get more funds because I have all these clients that's not paying. But it's just like, you just have to reposition the business, Lenise. And I had to, like, refocus my energy on focusing on the things that worked from the past year and things that wasn't working and create a plan to get out of the deficit. And that's just business. That is what it is. And I like to be transparent with my listeners about that. It may look one way when it comes to business, but it is hard. Being in business for yourself is hard. And a lot of times everybody else comes before you. I have had to not pay my own personal rent and do things because I have to pay my team. They come into work, they're working every day, and that's always going to be my number one priority is to make sure that they're getting paid, you know? If not, then I'm in it by myself and they've been there and they've been supportive and stuff like that and they've been working hard. So I cannot not pay my team. So a lot of times in business, you know, you only see the glitz and the glam side of it where it's really hard shit. And you got unruly clients, clients that don't understand, clients who want to test my gangster, but I'm all for the challenges when they be trying to test my gangster. It's, it's actually comical when they try to test because it's just like, you got the right one, sis, because I've gotten to a point in entrepreneurship where I'm not willing to people please. What I am willing to do is be fair. I will be fair and I will take every reasonable attempt to satisfy my customer, but I am not for everyone and your business is not for everyone. And I'm saying all that to say that entrepreneurship is hard. Working for another person is also hard. So it's like you really just got to, you know, pick what it's going to be. Like, you know, whether I'm going to work for someone else and they're going to get on my damn nerve. You know, I got to punch this clock or if I'm going to work for myself and deal with even more, more issues, more trials, more tribulations that, you know, you wouldn't have to deal with if you're working out of five. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. Had to sneeze, guys. But anyway, so as I'm at this job, and I want to just tell y'all about a little bit about this experience, because like I said, it was pure comedy. They didn't even have a production division. They wanted me to pretty much build this production division out and, of course, hire staff, which is not a problem. I can do that, and I know production and product development like the back of my hand. I can do this. So, But having to be there eight hours a day just did not make sense for what they needed. They needed operational structure, which I can do from home. Or I can do a couple hours out the day, but I don't need to be here for eight hours. So, you know, after evaluating, you know, what it was that that business needed and then also what my business needed, I'm like, okay, I can make this work. Let me go ahead and create a proposal. Tell them like, hey, I cannot commit to full-time hours, but what I can commit to is making sure that you, I can still fulfill all the duties and the things that you need done. 
but in a shorter time frame for actually a shorter amount of money, uh, like you can come down off that salary. That like I said, the salary was like sixty five. I was able to negotiate that salary all the way up to eighty in five damn minutes. You know, just by using that that verbiage I gave you guys before. Um, to eighty thousand dollars, you know, right away. Like, and they told me that, and they wanted me to start the next day. So I got hired, got the salary I wanted all in one day. So that's why I go back to resume. Just make sure you're confident in what you say. Sorry, I digress. Let me go back. So I create this proposal, and you know, the proposal pretty much outlines everything that I can do, um, which is everything that was in the job description, everything that I'm currently doing. But I talk about how it can be done in a shorter time frame. And how I can do a little bit of this stuff remote. And like I've analyzed what's happening here and what I can see exactly a clear cut plan of what you need to have fixed. The owner of the company thought it was a great idea. He like, you always gotta go for what you want. And yeah, I get it. Like this makes sense. And I'm like, oh, I like this. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like, I'm thinking he's spilling it or whatever. So he tells me he's gonna think about it and he's going to let me know. Um he thought about it, give or take, maybe two or three hours, if that. I don't even know. Maybe two or three hours. And then he was just like, yeah, you know, it's going to mess up the morale of everyone else if you're able to leave at 2 o'clock and this, is that, and the other. So um, to me, I'm just like, well, I wouldn't be an employee anymore. I would be an independent contractor. So you would pay me as an independent contractor. So it doesn't matter as I come and go as I please because I'm not an employee you're not giving me health benefits. You're not doing anything outside of paying me for my contractual labor. And he was too focused on how everyone else would feel at the company. Now, granted, you should always make sure your team morale is good. I'm not negating that. But you also have to, at the end of the day, what is going to be most cost efficient for your business? If I have someone that can do all of the work as, and work that somebody can do for $80,000 for half the price and she don't really have to be here, you're saving $40,000 right there. Like $40,000 and you care about the team morale, about when I'm coming and going as not an employee, not the smartest move. And in all honesty... um, it was either that or nothing. Like, I was not willing to negotiate or flex on that in any way. It was uh, pretty much all or nothing for me. It was like, either it's going to be this or it's going to be that. But ain't no in-between there. And I guess they may have gotten that confused. Because when he basically told me that, you know, he couldn't do it, I was like, oh, okay, understood. So to me, that's my last day. If you can't do what I, you know, what I need and what I, you know, from, from this position, but to still give you what you want, then I'm chucking the deuces. So the next day I didn't come in and they're calling and texting me, asking me questions and coming to these meetings. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, I don't work here no more. <laughs> but they thought that because um, they thought that I was going to stay, even though I had laid down what it was that I wanted. So I did talk to the guy, the owner, and I asked him, I was just like, you know, I can send people your way. I know a lot of different people. Um, that would be great for this position. And I also teach people how to do this. Like I teach production logistics. It's part of my courses. It's part of my mentorship. And I just know a lot of people in the fashion industry as a whole. But my only issue is y'all seem to not want to hire people that have their own things going on. And I just think it's super duper unrealistic to have someone to, to make someone only have one source of income. So you're telling me if I have a side hustle, you don't want to hire me because of what? 
Like, I'm, you're, I'm not your competition. You're not my competition. Like, my side hustle has nothing to do with you. My business has nothing to do with you. If I come to a job and I interview for a job, it means that I want to be here and that I can set up my schedule to work for it. And then he was like, no, 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 that's not a problem. I'm like, but it is a problem because I suggested a couple people and I sent you guys their resumes and you said, oh, well, they have this their own business. So you're basically screening people who have their own businesses and making sure you don't hire them because you won't roll robots that makes no sense you should want people that are innovative people that are thinkers people that have an entrepreneurial spirit and not someone that's just a robot that's going to do whatever you tell them to do um so I say all that to say that when you do um, start working for a company, just make sure that you're asking all the right questions, asking what they're offering, ask about the growth, and just be confident in the money because sometimes a particular employer can drive you crazy. And it's okay as long as it's worth the price. And if they make sure they pay your bills and stuff like that, it's worth the price. So I would say just make sure you guys stay on top of that. And then... Always bet on yourself. Like, for me, like, I definitely went and, like, you know, just trying to think quick. Like, oh, my God, I got to hurry up and I got to go get this job right now because I'm, I'm not making enough money and my business is this. When as like, you don't have to necessarily do that. You have to reposition. Like, even with being that far in the hole and just honestly being transparent and talking to everyone that's involved and everyone who has, um, that you may owe money to or anything you have to do, being transparent in your deliveries is going to be everything. Like, hey, I don't have it right now. And it's because of this, this, that, and that. So, of course, you know, when I'm doing production sometimes or whatnot, it's like, I, you know, I need money to pay factories. And if I already tell the factory to start on something and then they haven't gotten paid for it and the client stops paying, I can't tell the factory now to stop working on those items. I still have to figure out a way to pay them because I told them to do it. Their, their trust and their business is through me. So any vendors or suppliers, anybody you're working with, if business tends to go down or anything like that, just make sure you guys are being transparent with them and telling them what's up. Okay, so um, that's all I have for this episode. I just wanted to share just like a little bit of brief things just about like entrepreneurship and resume building and stuff like that. Um, do put, if you want to take it off your resume altogether, you can, but I think it's super duper smart to leave your business on your resume and just make it seem like you're an employee. Make up a position name other than owner or CEO and say you that, and that looks great. It's not like they're going to research it anyway because I had thought about that and it never happened. Like, I have a website. I have a whole bunch of business. Clearly, if they ever put my damn name into Google, they would see all the different things that I do in my business. But they didn't, you know? And a lot of people don't. Like, they're not going to go researching the company. They could have put LC Apparel Consultant in in Google, and they would have seen nothing but my face all over the place. And they didn't. So um, don't don't overthink it, you know? I would say just go ahead and do what's best. And then what's worst case scenario? Let's say they do go ahead and Google it and they find it and they find out that it's yours or whatever. Well, they, they might what, fire you, but they would do that before, I would assume, before you got hired. They wouldn't do it afterwards. Like, what's the point of looking up a company you used to work for after the person has hired you? Um, that really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um but yeah, um, guys, make sure you send your black notes. Of course, this episode is sponsored by the Elite Candle Club, guys. So make sure you absolutely check them out. The It is Black History Month, and they are here. And I have to tell you that this Black of the Berry candle from Elite Club is the best. The Black of the Berry, the Sweet of the Juice, y'all. Y'all know that's my thing. Um, I'm on my second one. This is like uh, my second one after like two weeks, but I keep 
the Elite Candle Club on rotation in my house and in the LC Apparel Consultant Studio. Like when I tell you I'm obsessed, I am absolutely obsessed. They are handmade and poured right here in Brooklyn. They do local deliveries and you can also order online. So you know that I'm all about the entrepreneurship and the black empowerment. So make sure you guys get your candles. So head over to Elite Candle Club and don't forget that Valentine's Day is coming soon. And Elite Candle Club has a romance fragrance that I love. I have it in my bedroom as we speak y'all so make sure you check that out so back to the matter at hand guys you know black entrepreneurship black power and black history month is my shit um this is the time for us to reflect it's the time for us to support one another we're supposed to support each other year round may i just add you know that's and that's clearly what i preach on my platform all the time but more than anything this is the month this is the month and i challenge everyone and i mean i challenge everyone to only shop with black boutiques to only shop with black brands to only eat at black restaurants and to make sure they stay in tune with anything that is a black product there's a website called we buy black they have everything down from black toilet from black toilet paper to black toothbrushes to black owned deodorant you name it i want everyone that is black to shop black the entire month of February. And in your post, you should post it on show um, um on post on social media, all black everything, black designers only, black boutiques only, black restaurants only. Whatever you do that's black, I want you to put black, whatever that is, and only behind it. And I would love to just make this like a whole movement, guys. All right. So signing out, guys. Stay black. Peace out.